0: Second Corinthians chapter 5, right? Now, I realize you've all eaten and you're ready for your, for your afternoon Sunday nap, all right? So, <clears throat> I'm going to pray for you, right? Uh, but <clears throat> I'm not going to keep long. We're not, we're not going to stay long. We're going to try and move through this as quickly as we possibly can. I want to talk to you about the gospel and about getting the gospel out. You see, fellowship is important to us. But do you know <clears throat> our fellowship and everything that we do, focuses around the reality of our job is to get the gospel out. Our job is to reach out to people with the gospel. If if we're not reaching out with the gospel, um, what happens is the church is dying. Right. R- regardless of our fellowship, regardless of our building, regardless of our new chairs and new tables, our church is dying if we're not reaching out in fellowship <coughs> with the gospel. So all of us need to uh, take that on board. Now, <clears throat> we're going to talk about it. And again, I-, I hate it when somebody tries to guilt me into doing something, and you probably do too. What I want to do, though, is I want us to actually lay hold upon the fact, you know, it's our responsibility to tell others about a Savior and all that we have in Him. Now, the world and the devil will compete and will fight against us to keep us from doing that, sometimes quite successfully. But we need to persevere, pursue, and go after, because there's a whole world out there that's dying in its sin and going to hell. And you and I have the answer. You're meeting people all through this week I mean, that lady that I spoke with yesterday, you know, uh, obviously she was highly offended with me, but you know, the reality is there is no God in our life, so, you know, if there's no God in your life, you become the God of your own life, but it doesn't work very well, and all of us need to be in the place where we're actually telling people about the Savior, because He's the answer to all the problems. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. Second Corinthians 5, and verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves it is to God, or whether we be sober it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray. Father, would you bless us now, Lord? We do thank you for your word. Thank you for how clear it is, Lord. And thank you for how you use Paul to speak to us and to uh, communicate truth to us. Now, Lord, we're coming to you today, and we're asking you, Lord, would you take the burden of the gospel and would you place it in each of our hearts, Lord? Not, Lord, in a uh, way that's of guilt, but in a way, Lord, that's of joy that we've got the answer that the world needs. And Lord, would you help us to see your heart in it? Help us to understand you in it. And Lord, may we be blessed and may we go out of here uh, with a heart and a passion to declare your word to others in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, first thing we see there is that, that uh, he, he tells us that God has promised a reward. There is a reward for the declaring of the gospel. You and I are all too soon. We're going to be in heaven. We're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reality. Uh, that's not being morbid. That's the reality. And we've been looking at a Wednesday night. You know, that's not a bad thing. That's a pretty good thing, I? I'm pretty. I'm more excited now than I was last year about the idea of going to heaven, because uh, I think I know a little bit more about it. And I think those of you that were here on a Wednesday night, you, you know a little bit more about it too. And if you if you missed that, listen. Uh, talk to me. I'll give you. A, I'll tell you what books to read, or you can listen to it on the podcast. But you know what? Heaven's going to be an exciting place. You and I are going to become all that we were intended to be, and we're going to live in a world uh, that is all that we <clears throat> could ever have hoped for in that day. But. There's a reward day coming for us before them. That's what the judgment seat of Christ is. It's not where we get condemned for missing it or for failing it. It's where we get rewarded for actually servicing, serving him. And one of the areas that he asks that we serve him is this area of the gospel. You see, you in your life have a group of people that you know that will listen to the gospel from you. They might never come to church, not before they're saved anyway. But they would listen to you talking to them about it. They would listen to your testimony. They would listen to you telling them what Jesus has done in your life and what he would like to do in their lives if they would just let him in, in your way. And each one of you are uniquely equipped to communicate that truth to the people around you. Do you realize that? That, that we're all very different uh, and yet each one of us have a gift, have an ability to take and communicate. It's easy for us to say, well, there are those extroverts. There are, there are <clears throat> people like my wife who can talk to anybody and loves talking to people and so on. And, and um, it's easy for her. Uh, and Let's leave it to, to people like that. But the reality is that God has put people in your life and they might never listen to her. But they would listen to you. They would listen to what you have to say. And you've got a message for them, a message to convey to them that <clears throat> you need to deliver. And God has uniquely equipped you so that as you open your mouth and speak it, you're going to connect with them. Now you may say, well, you know what, Pastor? I've tried that. It's it's kind of interesting. Christians are are either defeated, discouraged, disappointed, or weary as far as the gospel is concerned. Now why? Because you've told people, and and they haven't come to Christ, and they haven't come to church, and uh, even if some did, sometimes they've fallen away. But let me just disprove that whole theory for you. Look around this room. Do you see all these people? Somebody declared the gospel to each one of them and it's stuck. They're here. It works. This is God's message and it works. Now, <clears throat> you know, if you get all results oriented and you're only going to deliver the gospel if there's a hope of you winning somebody, you know what? You're going to get to the place rapidly where you <clears throat> you get weary and you get fed up. But if you get Oriented to what you're supposed to be oriented to, which is delivering the message. What you're going to find is there are results, because the gospel always brings results. And when you see the gospel bringing in results, what's going to happen is you're going to one day stand before the Lord. And what, what do you want to hear from the Lord when you stand before Him? you tell me what do you want to see, what do you want to hear from the Lord? What do you want the Lord to say to you? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Is that what you want? The heart of every believer longs for that. The heart of every believer wants that. You want, to, you want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. One of the areas that he wants you to be a good and faithful servant is in this area of the gospel. And I'm more and more convinced, too, that it's more powerful in the cut and thrust of daily life. In fact, we're not going to go there. But if you were to look at the Great Commission, the Great Commission, uh, <clears throat> uh, Jesus is just about to leave. And he tells the uh, disciples, go ye therefore and all nations. <clears throat> and the idea is this. As you are going, tell people. As you are going, speak in my name. Talk to people about me. Tell them what I've done for you. So that as you are going in your life, he says, talk to people. Now, for some of you, obviously that's easier than others. For some of you, some of you kind of get stuck on it and and you uh, you get all hung up on it. But you're supposed to tell people. Lots of ways you can tell people in this day and age. Do you realize that? We've got all new avenues opening up as far as the gospel is concerned. It used to be that we were very limited, but we're not limited anymore. Okay, you've got tracts. Well, we've always had tracks. You've got your testimony. You can do that. Do you know you've got a bunch of people in your email? A bunch of people that you really don't want to divulge that much to, because you know what, then they'd know you were a Bible basher. then they'd know that you were... But you know, if you were to send out an email to select people with a gospel video attached to it, I guarantee you because they know you, they'd watch it. Even if it was only because this weirdo sent me this. But they would watch the gospel video and you'd be communicating the gospel. Now, the point we're looking at here is this, right? There's a reward for the time you spend about the gospel. There's a multitude of ways... I'm concerned about the level of our evangelism on one point as a church, right? Because I have a sense that we're not as active as we once were in terms of talking to people about the gospel. But on the other hand, you know what? We've got a, a, a digital ministry going on, a video ministry going on, and more people are hearing the gospel to the church than ever before. Now, that doesn't mean that we should just kind of say, well, okay, that's the that's the, that's the, <clears throat> the, the onus off me. Uh, let somebody else do it. We all need to get involved in this. You know, we've got an opportunity next Saturday. We're going to go uh, take one group. We're going to go into town to pass out leaflets, and one group are going to pass out leaflets here in uh, in Tala. And you can actually pass out leaflets, put the truth in somebody's hand, the truth that could save them from hell. Had a man... just passing by yesterday actually he parked in the car park and he saw me come in and he came over to talk to me. Uh, By the way, Richie's his name, Caroline. He said to say hello to you. He knows you. All right, Richie. Anyway. um, Richie stood telling me that he had, last week he had sepsis. And the doctors told him if he hadn't made it down to the hospital, he'd have died. He wouldn't be here. You know what? He's 71 years old. That's a wake up call for him. And he knew it. So I invited him in, talked to him about the gospel, gave him some leaflets to read. He was, listen, he was just eating it up. Said he'd, say he'd come to church, said to come at some point and uh, and visit us. But you know, there's a bunch of people out there that if you and I are listening, if we've got a, an ear to the ground, if we're looking for them, they want to hear. And you know what's going to happen? One day we're going to stand before the Lord and the Lord's going to say, well done thou good and faithful servant. you were about my business. Now, Like I said, the world, the devil, and the flesh will all conspire against you to shut your mouth. And it may be that it's a long time since you opened your mouth. It may be that it's a long time since you gave anyone your testament. It's a long time since you put a tract in somebody's hand and spoke to them. Way to revisit that in your heart. Talk to the Lord about it, because the Lord wants you to declare the gospel to people. There's always people out there that want to hear, and there's a reward for that. Second thing I want you to see is this, though. God's judgment is fearful. Now, let me say this. Um, Verse 11 says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we persuade men. Now, I do not believe you and I need the terror of the Lord in our lives in that sense. I love him and he loves me and I'm going to be with him. And you know what? Anything I'm going to ever do for him is going to be out of his love in my life and it, the love relationship I have with him. And the same should be true of you. I don't fear the Lord in the sense, listen, I fear being on the wrong side of him. I fear missing out on blessings. I fear on the, uh, <coughs> fear being in the wrong place with him. But I'm not waiting on the Lord to come with a big stick and beat me up, and you shouldn't be either. Because there's a lot of motivations in our lives. Right? You, can, you can get people to do certain things by fear. You can strike terror in their hearts and they'll do it for a while. But sooner or later they'll overcome their fear and they'll stop doing it. We'll do more stuff for duty. Those that have, uh, have the um, ability, that have the character to do it, that we'll do more, more stuff for duty. But do you realize that you'll do the most stuff out of a love relationship with him? because I love him. You'll do things because you love someone that are onerous and hard and difficult, but you'll say, no, it's no problem. There's no problem. I'd gladly do it. I'd do twice that much. Now, <clears throat> when it comes to your relationship with the Lord, you're living in a love relationship with him. In fact, you might say this, that you're, you're, you're an avenue of his love to a world that desperately needs it. And, you know, a huge part of our message is, well, He loves me. How could I, how could I not tell you about the fact that He loves me? When I mean, we talked about fellowship this morning, and we, we rang a chord in all our hearts, because it's real. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. We want to be part of something. Do you realize they all do? Everybody out there does. Everybody out there has that need in them. Right? <clears throat> so knowing the terror of the Lord, well, what's the terror of the Lord? What are we talking about when we talk about the terror of the Lord? Well, we're talking about this, the fact that hell is real. Hell is real. Do you realize that everybody in this world is going to spend eternity either in heaven or in hell? There's no annihilation. There's no purgatory. Uh, there's no limbo. It's heaven or it's hell. It's heaven or it's hell. Everybody you know is going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell. The only way to heaven is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's the only way to heaven. But they don't know. They don't know unless we tell them. How shall they hear, accept, without a preacher? And they need a preacher. You're the preacher in their lives. Now I realize you say, Oh, pastor, you're really putting, put, putting labor on me. No, 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 I'm not. Anything God asks you to do ever, God will enable you to do. And those of you that, that have been busy about the gospel at one point in your life, you know it that whenever you open your mouth to talk to somebody about Jesus, he's there talking with you and talking through you. So you need to understand that, that listen, there's a reality of judgment, there's a terror of the Lord involved for people. You know what? It's heaven or hell. Now I wish I could say, well, you know what? Things have changed and we understand things better, but there are way too many verses of Scripture uh, that talk about hell and tell us about the reality of hell. Way too many verses. And we need to understand that. It's heaven or hell. Do you have somebody in your life that you love enough to take the risk, and there's always a risk, of declaring the gospel to them? You do, don't you? You do. Listen, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade man. Talk to people about it. Talk to people about it. Even if they're angry with you now. You know what? After they're saved, they won't be angry. I can tell you, I was not very happy when Pastor Zameski kept interrupting my watching on my favorite TV show. Uh, On a Monday night it was at that time. I I was not happy. I I did not like seeing him. I mean, you've heard Hugh Daly's testimony. He he hated Pastor Zameski coming knocking on his door. He used to hide in the shed. But you know what? They're best of friends now. And the reality is that if you take the risk and tell people about Jesus, tell people about salvation, what you do is you give them the opportunity. You can't make them get saved, but you give them the opportunity to trust the Lord. You give them the opportunity to come to that place where they they trust him uh, and they get saved. And hell is real. The third reason for being a faithful witness is the love of Christ constraineth us to be witnesses. Listen, if you love somebody, you care about the things they care about. Yeah? I mean, that's just the way it is. If you love somebody and you don't care about the things they care about, you know what? They're going to question your love. Right? You and I love Jesus. He cares about souls. He cares about the people around you. He took every one of their sins on his shoulders and he paid the price on the tree. He cares about them. He loves them. The love of Christ pushes us, presses us to do this. If if we really love him, we have to open our mouths and speak for him. It's not a case of you know <clears throat> making yourself or you know <clears throat> deciding to discipline yourself to do it. It's a case of you deciding you know, listen, I love him. And usually a lack of evangelism is actually a problem of our hearts that we're not, we're not actually in the place where we're in that love relationship with him. See, if you love somebody, you'd do anything for them, wouldn't you? Well, <clears throat> if we love him, we're going to love that which he loves. You've heard the story about the Moravians, uh, <clears throat> and the two Moravians who heard about this group of uh, slaves on an island, and their master had said, no Christian's ever going to set foot on my island. I don't want anything to do with their religion, and I don't want my slaves being bothered with it. And so these two men decided that they would sell themselves as slaves to go to the island, because he said, the only way I will accept somebody is to come as a slave. So they sold themselves as slaves. They paid their own way to go, and they boarded the ship to go and give their lives as slaves. And they said this as they were going, that the Lamb may receive the reward of his suffering. Why were they doing it? Not even just because of love of the slaves. They were doing it because of love of their Lord, that he may receive the reward of his suffering. You know, folks, I think we can open our mouths and speak for them. I think we, we could put a leaflet in somebody's hand this week. I think we could write an email. I think we could pass out tracts uh, next Saturday. You know, I think... <clears throat> There's a lot of things we could do. And by the way, let me say that I don't have time to develop this right now. There are so many ways of delivering the gospel in our day and age that you need to think it through, what can I do? You need to pray it through, what can I do? Because there are ways of getting it out that have never been available to us before. All of them will mean you taking a risk. But seriously, think about it this way, right? I mean, you take a risk of losing a friend when you declare the gospel to them. But are you really their friend if you don't declare the gospel to them? Is that really friendship? Could you really say that you care? Take the risk. Find a way. So the third reason uh, is the love of Christ. And then the fourth and the final reason is this, right? Um, Look back at our text here, right? Verse 19, To it that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. I know what's he saying there? Do you know that you've got a ministry? We've all got a ministry. Yeah, listen, you may have a job. It may pay you good money. I hope it does. You may have a household that you run. I hope you run it well. Uh, You may have a school that you go to, and that's your main uh, work. You may have a ministry you're involved in. And listen, I'm glad for that. But do you realize that you have one overarching work that you're supposed to be involved in? The ministry of reconciliation. Do you realize that God's upset with people? God is upset with people because of sin, and he's holding back his upset because he wants man to be saved. But there's coming a day when he's going to release his upset. He's going to show how upset he is uh, with sin. And he says to you and I, he says, now listen, I have paid the price if they will just come to me and agree my terms. Now, what are his terms? His terms are, I'm a sinner bound for hell. He's a savior who paid the full price. If I trust what he did, he will save me and take me to heaven. You couldn't get a better deal than that, could you? Nobody out there is going to get a better deal than that. And he's given you this ministry to go out and to reconcile people to him, to speak to people about him, to talk to them. And that's your ministry. That's, that's, your, that's your real task, your real job. Now look, you're going to do it in a host of different ways. I think, you know, us focusing on one way and making that the only way is kind of to limit you and limit what God would do in your lives. But I'm going to say this to you, you need to be doing it some way. You need to be active, and you need to be faithful, and you need to be regularly doing it some way. Right? Now, I know for me, if I don't plan to do something, it doesn't happen. Is that fair? You've got so much going on in your life, you know, that if you don't actually make a plan to do something, it doesn't happen. Now, I'm not going to tell you the plan some of you would love you'd love to say okay pastor he's going he's to make a plan for us now and we'll just go and do it I'll be here next Saturday uh, people be here <clears throat> there'll be people in town as far as the gospel is concerned that's great but you know what? On, on, on a regular ongoing basis God wants you to find a way for you to actually declare the gospel to people and you can everybody here can do it everybody here can develop a ministry where they're declaring the gospel to people regularly. Might be by email. Might be you decide to put up videos on Facebook. Might be you decide to, <clears throat> to write to people. I, okay, I, I can't name the ways that are possible that are available to you now. But I can say this to you. Do something. Do something. Plan on doing something. You say, well, I haven't got an idea what I should do. <clears throat> Listen, pray about it. Talk to me. If I can help you with it, I'll help you with it. But do something as far as the gospel is concerned. All of us should have something going on where we're getting the gospel out, we're communicating truth to people, because there's a world out there that's dying in its sin and going to hell, and we have the answer. You know, our fellowship should be sweet and our encouragement should be great and should be wonderful. But folks, we've got to get the gospel out. So here's the, here, here's the challenge. I'm done. Honestly, I'm done, right? The challenge is do something as far as getting the gospel out. Do something in an ongoing way that you're actually getting the gospel out and talking to people about Jesus. And in that day when you stand before him, you can expect to hear that, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let's stand for prayer.